This is People Every Day. Coming up, actor Skylar Aston on his biggest roles and fighting loneliness during the pandemic. I was able to reconnect with my piano, reconnect with my space. Plus, the latest news on the Colorado shooting, Ellen DeGeneres' wife Portia de Rossi's health scare, and Kylie Jenner's donation dilemma. It's March 23rd. folks. This is People Every Day presented by Macy's. It's me, Janine Rubenstein, here to dig into the buzziest news that's out there. But as you all know, today is tough. The nation has been dealt another horrific blow in the form of a second mass shooting event this month, this time in Boulder, Colorado. My heart is aching for the 10 people who have lost their lives and for all those affected by this tragedy. We'll have some important updates on that in a second, but we will also give you some stories to help take your mind off off of these painful realities as well, because honestly, that's in large part what I'm here for, to keep you informed, but also to give you just a little bit of an escape. Speaking of that, later in the show, I catch up with actor Skylar Aston, who you know as the voice of Branch in Trollstopia, as well as his roles in Pitch Perfect and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. My six-year-old son, Reese, even gets in on the action and throws Skylar a few Trolls questions, so stick around to hear that. But first, let's talk top news. And like I said, starting out with the latest updates out of Colorado, digital crime editor Greg Hanlon is with me now. Greg, how are you doing? Uh, hi, Janine. Doing doing okay, but tough, uh, you know, tough circumstances, of course. For sure. I always love speaking with you, but at the same time, you know, the reasons we have to speak. Uh, so, so, so what do we know now about the shooting following this morning's press conference? Yeah, we know the names of, um, of all 10 victims uh, and the suspect uh, who walked in uh, to a grocery store in Boulder, Colorado, about 2.30 uh, local time Monday afternoon and, and just began shooting. One of the victims was uh, the first officer who uh, responded to the scene within minutes was the first officer to confront the shooter. Uh, 10 victims, they range in age from, from 20 to 65. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's just really oh, horrible. Oh, my God. And so do we know just, I mean, I know it's still early, but like in terms of motive and also I want to know um, about how he would have gotten this, this weapon. Was it illegally acquired or legally acquired or? No, uh, no motive has been, has been released uh, as of yet. The shooter is, uh, the suspect is currently hospitalized uh, after, um, so he sustained a, a gun wound to his, uh, to his leg no motive is is known it's not known how he uh got the gun uh, but just recently actually a judge in boulder blocked an effort to uh make it more difficult to get assault weapons uh whether that you know is applicable to this case or not um you know isn't known um but certainly to the overall picture of our you know country being so completely oversaturated with guns it seems it seems relevant and as a matter of fact, the, the, the numbers for gun purchases uh, during the pandemic went you know, through the roof. Uh, and actually, gun violence uh, increased in, in 2020. Wow. Okay, so mass shootings were pretty non-existent because people weren't gathering in mass. <laughs> but there still was a spike in gun violence. Yes, a spike in gun violence. There, there, uh, as you mentioned, Janine, there, was no, uh, there were no public mass shootings 
from March uh, of last year in, until last week. And now obviously we've had two in the span of six days. Uh, and a lot of criminologists think that mass shootings result, in, at least in some part, from a kind of copycat motive. And they were actually optimistic uh, you know, during the pandemic that we might have kind of broken the cycle of these mass shootings. That was mass shootings in public places. If you look at shootings in which you know, kind of the the more uh, broader definition of mass shootings, shootings in which four or more people were were, were shot, those actually went up uh, wow. during 2020. Greg, tell me, what do we know about that first responder, that officer that, that entered the grocery store? Did they share anything about his life? Uh, yeah, he, he seemed like a really, really good guy. He's a 51-year-old man who'd been a police officer for about 11 years, um, a father of seven, and just, you know, just one of those helper uh, type people who didn't even have to become a police officer. I, I'm forgetting off the top of my head what he had been doing, but he had a steady career and he was drawn to law enforcement it, just because he wanted to help people. Um, and, and that, you know, was his nature. And I think that's reflected in in his heroism. Wow. And, and we're going to hear more stories about the other victims as well, I'm sure, coming out and their lives and their stories and and that you're right that that should be the focus um greg thank you so so much and 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 my heart goes out to you too today and and everybody who is just you know trying trying to get this out there yeah well thank you janine it's you know obviously a sad day um you know for all americans and you know especially for the victims and their families uh, first and foremost so i i appreciate it Moving over to the news and notes out of Hollywood, I'm joined now by People Platforms Director Michelle Coriston to weigh in on Portia de Rossi's health scare and the latest buzz about Kylie Jenner. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Janine. I'm so happy to be here. Welcome to the show. Yes, first timer. Thank you. We'll take it easy. On you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so let's talk Alan. Um, Alan DeGeneres opened up about her wife, Portia de Rossi's emergency surgery over the weekend, right? Where de Rossi was admitted to the hospital for appendicitis, which I only know is super painful because my husband talks about when he had it in college and had to like run to the doctor. And, and, and so Ellen spoke about it um, during a taping of her show yesterday. What, what all did she let us in on about how they managed this past weekend? It was kind of crazy. Ellen said that Portia was feeling very tired and not very well and said she wanted to go to sleep at 8 p.m., which was a little early. Um, and Ellen kind of took a sleeping pill so she, they would be on the same schedule. And then she woke up in the middle of the night and Portia was not lying next to her. And she went to the bathroom and found her wife kind of sprawled out on the bathroom floor and immediately had to oh, rush wow. her to the hospital. Yeah, it sounds like a really scary moment. Oh my goodness. Question, personal question. Do you have your appendix? I have my appendix. <laughs> I do too. Everything I know about it, I know from the Madeline books. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I just remember Doug telling me it was the worst pain. He was super hungry before and then got super tired. And then it was just this horrible pain. And he had to go to the hospital and they were like, uh, yeah, we got to take this thing out of here. And he's like, what? I had a kidney stone once and I thought that it was an appendix. So I was kind of relieved. 
I didn't need surgery, but that hurt a lot. And I can't even imagine appendicitis. Um, how is she doing now? Like, what do we know? She's recovering, you know, Ellen kind of made a little joke about it. She's back home, but she left her appendix at the hospital. <laughs> and I think she's recovering well. It's good that it's out. And, um, you know, it is a lot of people have this issue. Doctors totally know how to handle it. She'll make a full recovery, but definitely a terrifying thing to happen over the weekend. All right, let's let's talk Kylie Jenner. Let's talk uh, billionaire. I think she's still a billionaire. You know, it kind of waffles between like nine hundred. She says she's a billionaire. A <laughs> she she says she's a billionaire. Let's talk about billionaire Kylie Jenner, um, who has spoken out now in the wake of I guess controversy you can call it around uh, her GoFundMe, her call for fans to help out uh, one of her former makeup artists. Uh, GoFundMe. Um, he got into a horrific accident. Was really injured. This is Samuel Rada, and uh, she came across the GoFundMe and said, like, hey, guys, I donated. Everyone else donate. You know, he's really hurt right now. His family could use the help. Walk people through why this blew up. I mean, this is kind of your classic Kardashian internet controversy where, to an extent, having followed them for many years, it feels like people want to get mad at them no matter what they're doing. Obviously, they have done some <laughs> problematic things, but um, people love to hate the Kardashians. We've certainly found that at people. And um, yeah, Kylie just posted a link to a GoFundMe trying to raise awareness and money for this makeup artist who isn't even her personal makeup artist, at least not anymore. And people just came at her criticizing her for donating only $5,000 when she's worth a billion, yada, yada. She then clarified that the amount she donated was because she wanted to, you know, on GoFundMe, there's certain like um, things they're trying to hit. And I think that's that's such a good thing to clarify. She said in her statement, she said, you know, I feel it's important for me to clear up this false narrative that I've asked fans for money and I'm not paying for my makeup artist's medical bills. She said, I, I saw my current makeup artist and friend Ariel post about Sam's accident and his family's GoFundMe. And I called Ariel immediately to see what happened to Sam. And then she says, you know, I don't know how all of this got so twisted, but his family has reached out through Ariel and are very appreciative of all the donations donations, prayers, and love towards Sam. So it did work in, uh, not in terms of the optics, but in terms of what the goal was. But I will say, right, Michelle, uh, you just got to think about these things. As a car Jenner, I feel like when you are putting stuff out there, because all of these controversies with them have to deal with their their privilege and people are eyeing for that. So I think it would just be smart to, <laughs> you know, uh, be, you know, fly under the radar with some of the stuff. Like, <laughs> I mean, Listen, like flying out all your friends and family for a gigantic birthday bash in an exotic location in the midst of the pandemic. Not great. Donating $5,000 to someone who needs surgery. Like, (laughs) do we think Kylie Jenner's mother, Teresa? Like, you're right. There's an element of are they inviting this criticism by making it public and by doing all these things out loud on social media. But at the same time, if she wanted people to know about this poor guy and donate, Everybody knows his name now. I didn't know his name before, and I'm certainly wishing him, you know, a full recovery. Uh, you know, you're right. There's a, you know, can't win for losing <laughs> type of thing going on with the Kardashians. But at the end of the day, um, she did the right thing, and and I'm just so glad that the guy got the support. Um, but I, I want to shift before I lose you into uh, Momager because it's so related. Kris Jenner uh, is in the news. She got a whole Wall Street Journal profile of about 
you know, her and her money and her finances and, and, and how she's navigated that world. She told the publication she had never paid a bill while she was married to Robert Kardashian, of course, the patriarch who passed away in 2003 um, from cancer. Uh, he took care of everything. She, w- were you surprised to hear this for someone who just is so shrewd? I mean, at first I was. This is someone who manages hundreds of millions of dollars for all of her children and has turned people like eating salads slowly and speaking in monotone (laughs) into like these amazing careers. Um, (laughs) But then when you kind of peel back the layers, she met Robert when she was a teenager. They were married when she was 22. He was already an older, successful man. Um, And it was a different time. And so I I think that, oh, that makes perfect sense that she wasn't in charge of the money. And she really had this moment where she realized she had to take control of her financial independence. And I think that's actually a great thing for her to share as a woman. I was going to say, what was that moment? What what was the, you know, the shift where she was like, oh, I I have to deal. She said that she was um, talking to her friend, Shelly, who's a longtime family friend. If you're a Kardashian scholar, you've seen her on the show, um, (laughs) who asked, like, how much are you paying your gardener? And Chris was like, I have no clue. And that was kind of an embarrassing moment for her where she realized, like, I have no concept of what it takes to run a household. She had to educate herself, figure that out. And then she took that financial knowledge and like ran with it and became this huge success. People forget that early on in her marriage to Caitlyn Jenner, she was managing Caitlyn's like speaking tours and really making Caitlyn like a public figure again after having been out of the Olympics for so long. And then she did the same thing for her daughters and maybe one day her grandchildren. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I, I was surprised and and pleasantly surprised, I guess, by the message I took away from it, which is, you know, uh, get get my stuff together even more. (laughs) Michelle, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. I can't wait to have you back again. Thanks, Janine. It was a pleasure. Next up, actor Skylar Aston gets real about his career and long-distance romance. Stay tuned. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. I am joined now by stage, screen, and voice 
actor extraordinaire Skylar Astin. Of course, you know him from his many, many roles, including uh, Pitch Perfect, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, if you're watching that right now. Um, but going back, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, 21 and Over, he has done a lot. And he is back now with one of my son Reese's favorite shows, season two of Trolls Topia, streaming now on Peacock and Hulu. And he is voicing Branch, the beloved grumpy Branch. How are you doing, Skylar? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be talking to you. I'm excited to have you on the show. So Trolls, Trolltopia is, is back for a second season. What can fans look forward to this time around? Well, I think that, you know, they can they can look forward to the endless positivity, you know, that that the trolls provide. But there's new arrivals from from certain other groups. There's the new arrival of the Metro train, which now keeps the communities all together. And uh, <laughs> new, new tribes and Trollstopia, which would represent different genres of music. And so when, when Poppy finds out that there are other musical trolls scattered throughout the forest, they, they kind of bundle up their, um, their positivity and invite um, these people to, to their tribe to live together in harmony. Nice, nice. So this is not your first animated voice role. You've been in Wreck-It Ralph and Monkey Up. Um, how did your past roles, I guess, prepare you for this one? Well, for instance, like Wreck-It Ralph gave me so much booth experience because I was able to do not only a bunch of roles in the movie, but for years I did the scratch recordings. For, and for those who don't know what that is, that's while the animators and people are kind of creating and writing it, actors like myself, that the way I made a living during that time was by kind of reading the, the first, second, third, and fourth drafts of the script. I created characters. Um, I, I voiced characters that were eventually played by humongous celebrities. And so just all of that booth experience really made me comfortable and, and prepared for something like Philistopia. Nice. And so let's talk about you. Your, your resume goes back many years. NYU, big deal. And then uh, there was a deli in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> what, what was your what was your biggest break into the, the industry? Well, just out of my freshman year of NYU, um, I had been previously attached to a couple workshops when I was still in high school of a play uh, called Spring Awakening. And that mm-hmm. that eventually... At the end of my freshman year, there was a production going off Broadway at the Atlantic Theater in New York. That show ended up extending and then eventually transferring to Broadway, which really gave me my big start in New York in acting. And um, I took a leave of absence that became a permanent leave of absence from NYU. And mm-hmm. I, I've been lucky enough to be making a living and working at this ever since. Describe a normal day for you now, though. Now, I mean, now life is a little contained, of course. Yeah. I am lucky enough to be working right now. So we are finishing up season two of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. So I spend a lot of my time um, in the rental apartment that I'm staying here, either making music or writing, um, connecting with family and friends. It's kind of like a like my my experience in Vancouver is like other than the the high pressure situation of filming a show, um, it's kind of like a nice calm retirement home because I yeah. just like walk around the lake and um, you know kind of just waiting this whole thing out for sure for sure and then just personally how how are you doing how are you feeling I I, I want to touch base with everyone I talk to I know there's projects and there's there's work and everything's picking up but just on a on a use space like how's it going 
I'm I'm okay. I mean, like I I think early on in the pandemic, I was really um, I hate to use this word, but thriving in my own creativity. So I was able to reconnect with my piano, reconnect with my space, and I was really bursting with all sorts of creativity. I did this fun series on my Instagram called Home Keys, where I was just covering songs. You know, it was fun. But then you know, once I came here and started working, like. I do have my ups and downs and it gets lonely and it gets a little isolating. I really had to take my mental health into great consideration and uh, reconnect with my therapist, which has been really helpful. And I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm actually really excited to return home soon. Uh, see my girlfriend. Um, my parents are vaccinated now. So Yay. we're all just trying to get from A to B and from B to C. So on top of all this, you know, we're all feeling isolated. As you say, you're, you're long distance right now from your girlfriend, founder of Fancy Sprinkles, uh, Lisa Stelly. So how have you guys been dealing with that distance? That's right. That's right. It's been, yeah, it's been seven months, uh, you know. What? Well, yeah, seven months I've been here and we, I got to go home for two weeks for Christmas, which was Great. But, you know, then I had to come back here for two weeks to government style quarantine before then coming back for the second half of filming. So, oh, you know, it's uh, it's weird because I was like, oh, well, you know, we've done the longest stint of four months and now it's just three months. But you know, once you're <laughs> once you're into once you're into that second half, it kind of accumulates randomly. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, it feels now like I've been gone for six. So yeah. that two weeks washed away really quickly. For sure, for sure. Okay, so before I lose you, um, I I just want to bring my son in for a second. If you could hold one minute, because I told him about Branch, and he wants to ask you something. So just one second. <laughs> yeah, Say what's hi. up, man? How are hi. you? Hey. Hi, Skylar. What's going on? You I play Branch question? on the show. I have a question. Okay. My question is, how do you sound like Branch? Well, I just have to kind of get at my like grumpiest. And I sometimes when I when I can't like find his his depth, I go, you know, I kind of do his like branch grunt and go poppy and and just start kind of like letting out or like cloud guy, you know, (laughs) and just kind of start screaming to the hills. And then, you know what I got to say, the writing on the show makes it really easy. They once once I start reading the script, it just all makes sense to me. Yeah, and I have another question. Okay. <laughs> How do you make movies? How do I make movies? <laughs> well, I am very lucky that I. it takes a lot of people to make a movie. So I am very grateful for the people who know how to work the camera, who know how to make the schedule, who know how to make me look like I'm ready to go. And then I just kind of play pretend and imagine myself in the character shoots. Cool, huh? Yeah. Okay, you're stealing my job. Thank you. Thank you, Reese. Say bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, give me a second. I'm almost done. <laughs> oh my God. What a cutie. Skylar, thank you so much for that. <laughs> my pleasure. That was, such a, that was so fun. Well, this has been such a blast. Thank you for joining me and for taking me through Trollstopia. I'm excited. I've been waiting. Um, he's been waiting. So this will be so great. Thank you, Skylar. Oh, my pleasure. That was actor Skylar Aston and my little apprentice, Reese Rubenstein. 
For more on Skylar and Trollstopia, head over to people.com. And now, something else to make you smile. A four-year-old boy named Jeremiah in Miami has been battling stage four neuroblastoma cancer for about a year. And his one wish has always been to one day be a police officer. Well, recently, just days before his fifth birthday, that dream came true. Mystic Force nonprofit organization teamed up with the Miami Police Department to honor him with an unforgettable swearing-in ceremony. Decked out in an official little uniform, Jeremiah lifted his right hand and swore to obey his parents, to be extra nice to his little sister, and to help his city as a police officer. Later on, the nonprofit threw him a police-themed birthday party at a safe and sterile play space where he was gifted a kid-sized Spider-Man motorcycle. So happy for Officer Jeremiah. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.